Internets, this portion of the Combat Jack Show is sponsored by Bevel, the superior shaving system designed for people with coarse curly hair and sensitive skin. Do yourself a favor. Go over to GetBevel.com and punch in promo code FREEJACK, F-R-E-E-J-A-C-K, and you will get your first month of orders for free, an entire month of orders for free. No one else is doing this for you, Internets. No one loves you like this, Internet. What I learned a long time ago, love others like Jesus did and love yourself like Jesus does. If you if you love yourself, go to getbevel.com, punch in free jack promo code for free, 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 free. Listen, shave like a boss. And now back to the show. Yo, Internets, welcome to the Combat Jack Show, CombatJackShow.com. Yo, man, you know, these past couple of weeks, man, I've been very blessed to be talking with people that, I, that I've been wanting to talk to, that have contributed to the, to the culture on so many different levels. You know, some cats are relatively new, some ca- cats not that new, and then some cats, you know, damn near pioneeristic with this. Um, it's such an honor to have this man on the show, man, Mr. Daddy-O. What's up, you bro? You know, Mr. Daddy-O has, has, has accomplished so much, continues to contribute to the culture, um, and, and, and his history. I know some of you younger cats, just like y'all didn't know. Some of y'all cats really didn't know who Bowlegged Lou was. I just left Lou. You just left him? Yeah, we did a stat session, oh, or, and he's doing the intro to the record. I had some cats make some comments on, on Instagram or Twitter, like, I right. don't know who this dude is, but this story is crazy. Right, right, right. You know? But before we jump into the story, man, I got to thank um, Ryan Proctor. Oh, yeah. Because out of all the, all the interviews that I was able to pull up on you, his was the most extensive. Oh, yeah, it was dope. So um, a, a major portion of this interview today is taken from that. And I don't want cats to think I'm some swagger jacker. You know <laughs> right, what I'm saying? Right, so, right, right. What's, what's up, sir? I'm good, man. Daddy-O in good. the building, I'm yo. Good. I'm, I'm good. Thank you, sir. Thank you. East New York, right? Oh, yeah, all day. Yo, how was East New York growing up in the 70s, man? Uh, probably pretty much like it's growing up now. No, um, East New York was interesting because I always tell people I grew up in a multicultural right. community. On the block, when I lived on Hendrick Street, there was every nationality on that block. You know, we had the Jewish people, Abe and Ada next door. We had the Costa Rican people, the Puerto Rican people, some Dominicans, some whites, different types of blacks, various forms of the West Indies. So um, I grew up very multicultural um, as a kid. A little later on, we moved in a little deeper. Right. And um, you know, as that white flight was going on, too. Yeah, white flight was, was going on. White flight was going on. Right. So, yeah. So it, 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 it changed a little bit. Um. But it was, you know, it was always a, a tough place. I mean, right. you know, Al Capone from East New York. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. But what's what's crazy, though, is that, you know, listening to your story, man, there was a lot of cats that came out of East New York. Right. That that, that made a name for themselves. Oh, yeah. In in, 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 in this culture of hip-hop and, yeah. and music. We talk, mm-hmm. you, You're talking about the, the Fat Boys. You live right oh, yeah. by the Fat Boys. I lived right around the corner. I lived on Hendrix, and Mark and them lived on Skank. All three of them lived on the same block. Right. So I grew up with them, and 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 um and T Funk was right there. God bless it, there right okay. there with us too. Okay, yeah. they blew up, kind of. They they blew up. Were they the first ones out of your neighborhood to blow up? In the this Fat Boys, yes. Yeah. yeah, and and when they blew up, man, what effect did that have? Did you have rap dreams at that time? 
Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm I'm a very competitive person, so you know, when they blew up, we was like, "Fuck them!" Right? We better than them, of course. Um, the interesting thing is that we followed their path. Right. We ended up getting a deal through a contest as well. Okay. Um, and they got their deal through uh, a contest. They did the Tim Pan Apple contest right. that first year with Charles Stetler. Yeah, and then I think two years later, we did the Mister Magic contest. Yeah, and, I, and I'm, I'm gonna definitely deal. get into that. Yeah. Now let's go further back, man, mm-hmm. because I think we're from the same era. Okay. Um, when music was always a big part of our lives. Oh yeah, but there was no hip hop, right? You right. Know? So, so yeah. I mean, you know, all of that is. I have a philosophy, right? I want to write a book, but I don't know if it's, I'm ever gonna. Get, hopefully, I will get around to it. But I have a philosophy about hip hop, where I say disco is our mom, mm-hmm. reggae is our pops, mm-hmm. and James Brown is our godfather. Our godfather, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. the question I was about yeah, to ask. Yeah, yeah. That's a so, good analogy. So I think you know. We grew up listening to all this stuff, and that's what ended up forming um, hip-hop. You know, one of the things that bothered me even to this day is that I feel like we don't connect to our musicianship enough. Right. Um, I'm not trying to put anybody out there, but if you look at the way Jam Master J connected to being a musician, you could kind of get where I'm at. You know what I'm saying? He's, He's... He's understanding where he is in the space. And no, he's not a keyboard player. And no, he's not a drummer. But then you guys can't do what I can do either. Right. You know what I'm saying? But but I think what was magical about the time that we grew up, mm-hmm. and I don't want to be like the old man, like, right, you know, right. when we grew up. But when we grew up, man, we, like, you know, the the music that we heard in the streets. Right. The DJs. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. And, and, and my first love, like most of our first loves, was that soulful disco. Of course. You know, that soulful disco. When of you course. heard... You know, mother, father, sister, brother, yeah, yeah. Love, love is the message, which was yeah. which was basic. It, it yeah, was it's like the a Brooklyn anthem. Yeah, it was a yeah, Brooklyn yeah. anthem. Mm-hmm. You know, McFadden and Whitehead. Right, right. When right. they played that, right. man, um, first choice. Yeah, all of that. Yeah, I got a um, I got a playlist called Alabama Park. I got all those records. Right, El Coco. Let's get it together. All that. Ooh, El Coco. Yeah. What they what, Coco Motion. Yeah, they did Coco Motion, but Let's Get It Together was a street record. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you you so you're growing up. You know, and your your palate, your your, your taste, your, your your sense of what music is is coming from one angle, mm-hmm. and then out of nowhere, hip hop jumps in. Yeah, for and, me it was it was it was definitely. I, I don't know if it was like that for everybody else. For me, it was out of nowhere. It right. Jumps out. Yeah. Tell us your first hip hop. So I'm I'm um I don't know. There's probably nobody old enough to even notice, but Brooklyn has a. I always say the the only guy I know in Marcy was Eric Tweedy, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a guy, there was a guy in Brooklyn, his name was Eric Tweedy, thin frame, maybe about five eight, five, five seven, five eight, and he would knock everybody out like he was nice with his hands. With his hands. Um Eric Tweedy's little brother. Um I was living in Bushwick at the time. I always had a box, came by and I used to always play reggae tapes and stuff. He came by with a tape. And like he like put like it the, in. like what like 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 uh, dance hall back then like Lone yeah, Ranger yeah yeah Lone Ranger all that Yellow right? Man yeah Yellow Man Ooh. Lone Ranger Fathead right. you know all of that Fathead right? Fathead and Yellow yeah, Man yeah yeah so he brought me this tape mm-hmm. and it was a flash tape mm-hmm. and it was um it was a you know so there was two types of tapes back in the day there was the condenser mic tapes that was the loud outside tapes and right. you know you had to make it out even though we did and then there was the the inside tapes right. which was more the practice tapes. But they were the clear ones because they were straight into the set. Right. And it was a flash tape from the house. Mm. And it started off with Melly Mel. One for the treble, two for the bass. Come on, flash. Let's rock that. Do, do, do. And God make me funky. 
And they start doing that. Yes, yes, y'all, y'all to the beach, y'all. With the y'all, echo y'all. chamber. And I like, what the hell is that? And and from then on, I was stuck. I like on the first flash tape, I was stuck, and I was like, I gotta, I gotta be involved with this some kind of way. I gotta do this some kind of way. Something. I tell the same story, man. Like I'm not knowing right. that there's that there's music outside of right. you know urban disco right, and, and right. R&B. Mm-hmm. And my boy was a, a, a street messenger in the city. We mm-hmm. didn't go to the city that right, much. Right. You know how provincial yeah, yeah. we mm-hmm. was back yeah, then. Yeah. The world was smaller. Right, right. And he kept telling me, you got to hear rap. You got to right, hear rap. Right, I was like, right. I don't know what you're talking about. Right. Came home. Grandmaster Flash. Melly Mel. He put that shit in. I'm hearing Melly Mel and these niggas doing routines. I'm crazy. Hearing, and then I hear the echo chamber. And then my man was like, wait till he plays the beatbox. Right, wait right. till wait. Beatbox. Beatbox. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, like right. when they played the beatbox, man, right, that shit. Right. And, and I knew, like you, that whatever we did, this was going to be what we did for the rest of our lives. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was life-changing. Yeah. Yeah, it was life-changing. So, you know, you hear these guys and they're not sounding like your normal... Right. Singers, they're basically like, like it made the, it made the other singers and entertainers seem like mortal men. Right. And these rappers now became yeah, superheroes yeah. to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. I mean, it was. It Hold was, up, that's Delight? It, yeah. Yo, what's up? Yo, we got to get another mic in. Hold up. Put the shit on. Get, get some air, man. Let's put the shit on pause, man. But like I was saying, uh, Daddy Yo, man, like, first and foremost, how are you going to, how are we going to set up this interview and you're not going to tell me that you bring in Delight? I ain't know D was coming. What's, your, what's up, Delight? I'm all right, man. Yo, man, it's good to see you, man. Oh, thank you very, 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 very. So I, did, I thought this was going to be the Daddy-O episode. I didn't know this was going to be the fucking Stetsasonic well, we, we got episode. Time for that. No, no, we definitely got time. We got we definitely, time. How you doing, man? I'm doing all right, man. How you, you, know, how you doing? I'm man? doing good, man. You know, I'm glad you walked in, man, because we were just talking about our... You know our appreciation for pre hip hop music, right? Like, 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 like the park jams, like the like the the first choices, and the you know love is the message, and then how hip hop just totally like re rewired our DNA DNA. So Most definitely. So 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 Daddy O and I were talking about how when we first heard that first Grandmaster Flash tape mm-hmm. cassette, mm-hmm. we we were ho- it was like it was like a dose of crack. We were like we knew we had to do this something like this. For the rest of our lives, what was your first hip hop experience, man? Oh man, um, there were there was um, several. I don't I don't know how y'all can uh, categorize as uh, being the first because you know when you were in the beginning stages of a movement because that's what it is. Right. It was a movement. Yes, you know, um, uh, you kind of um, taking everything. Uh, I I go back to. You know, some of the block parties mm-hmm. that they had, especially out in Queens. Right. Because, you know, where I live at. That's right. You were from Queens. Right. I was from Queens. And where I lived at, um, I had um, um, DJ Kurt. You know, the Infinity Machine was right across the street from me. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So, um, um, I was very close to Michael Goody and his dad who brought all the equipment and right. stuff like that. So, I, I, you know, I, you know, that's my, uh, like, my first touching Okay. Of um, hip hop then. Right. You know, and of course, um, when I ran into being in Brooklyn, you know, me and my man, I sim over there. Um, uh, we was living together in Brooklyn. And of course, we joined the uh, mass communication. Yeah. Which, which, which was a crew, right? Which was a crew. Okay. Um, that uh, featured my man, Daddy Yo. Okay. 
you know, so we became part of that whole DJ crew. And then we're going to... communication. And then DJ that evolved Bush, into that uh, evolved. Bouchon, right. You know, uh, the late uh, DJ uh, uh, Master uh, Michael Bouchon. And that there was um, very exhilarating because you really started to see and and be part of the movement that was taking place on the streets of New York City all over. Yo, Daddy, yo, man, who was Scooter Love... And the, and the kick and coffin. So Scooter and the kick and coffin were, ooh, I want to say maybe seventy eight. But in Brownsville, they have a project, and then there's a there's a kind of in the middle of the projects they call in the Brownsville houses called a hole, which is where we used to bring like all the equipment and play. And Scooter was the DJ, but they used to come out with this coffin, a real coffin, and they used to have this whole presentation when they came out. And they used to, you know, but the turntables were in the coffin. Like, to this day, me and Bobby believe that the whole concept of the coffin came from Scooter and them because they had turntables in a real in coffin. In a real coffin. And they used to come out and do the kicking coffin. And that was one of the early influences on you also. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because you're looking at all this street uh, showmanship. Absolutely. And at the time that we were all doing this, man, it was... It was well, when y'all particularly were doing it, it was, a, it was a hobby. Y'all weren't doing it to get money. It was a hobby. No, no, we weren't doing it... Um, with that in mind, we were doing it with the music in mind. Right. Mm-hmm. You no, know, it was much more of a. It was musical, love. like I it always say. Yeah, right. it was love. It was, it was music. more love. Right. You know, then you know. It was um, more, more. It was more love. Yeah. yeah. When you when you get um, into a uh, a hobby, not saying that it was a hobby, but when you do get into a hobby, the hobby becomes a labor of love. Of course. Of you course. know what I'm saying. So that's what uh, hip hop was then to to us. Now, now so I'm sorry. Go ahead. To us, yeah, yeah, that was it. How was it growing up with your brother Kedar, man? Um, Kedar Massenburg. Difficult at times. Yes. Um, uh, <laughs> I mean, Kedar's a, a Kedar's a, a rare bird. Yes. Um, you know, but but very business minded. Or has he always been business minded? All the time, right? Um, so I think that helped. I mean, actually, it was um, the first. Rhyme I ever wrote was for one of Kedar's friends. Mm-hmm. I, I I decided I wanted to do it, right. but then he was like, because we know this kid named Reggie from from uh, Erasmus, you know that area, and he was like, you know, Reggie's a DJ. I knew Reggie, and he was like, you know, but Reggie got a guy that does this, like this kid Barshawn D. He does this, and I was like, he said, like, you want to write something for him? I was like, cool, and I wrote this like this Labor Day rhyme for this kid Barshawn D. And we went, and he was horrible. I said, I'll never not write another rhyme for nobody. It's like, I'll do it myself. Like, right. I, I wasn't in particularly sure if I, I, I did poetry before and all that, you know, messed around with little singing groups and all that. But I wasn't in particularly sure if I could do this rap thing. Um, it's just that after doing the Barshawn thing, I was just like, I'm doing it myself. You know, it's kind of ironic. And you guys grew up in the same household. Yes. It's kind of ironic that both of you guys would, would, you know, such in such different manners, man, shape. Yeah, the, the industry. Did you guys used to yeah. talk about that? Absolutely not. Really? Yeah. Kedar's plan was to go to school, and we pretty much put it together and paid for him to go to school. Um, and then my plan was always in entertainment. He didn't pick up the entertainment bug until after Stet started. Right. So you, in a sense, he and he influenced you to rap, and then you influenced him that this business is real. You yeah. Get in on like this. I was like, he was like, yo, because I mean, because you know, I mean, you know, anybody's gonna, you know, if you go to school and it works, you're gonna. Tell somebody go to school. 
So he used to always be telling me to go to school. And I'd be like, man, I'm doing this rap thing, man. You know. So he was more conservative. Yeah. He used to come home and then always see us doing this. And then he'd come back home and see us doing it again. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately, um, he started managing my production career okay. first. And then later on took over the management step. Your initial name was Dr. Orn. Oh, don't remind me. What was that about, Dr. Orn? It's just a name I came up with. Um, you know, in the very beginning, I didn't, I say all of us, but I didn't know what to do. Right. Right. So I had no other influence but these guys that was uptown. So I'm listening to Dada Rock and mm. and Kev and, and Rodney C and all of them. But the one thing I will say about the uptown, they were soft. Right. But I didn't know to do anything other than that. Right. So I'm kind of. Now, what do you mean they were soft? They were soft like it was to the beach, y'all. And you don't stop. Oh, they had that. They had that on, yeah, they had, you know what I'm saying? So I didn't know to do anything other than that. Right. That was the there blueprint. Was, there was a couple of cats that used to hang out on my block and they was hustlers. You know, this is when the whole this pre-crack. This is when cocaine started getting hot in the hood. And um, I used to always walk down the street with my box. I never forget one day I was walking down the street with my box. I was playing some James Brown. They said, Kareem, come here, come here. And he told me to come across the street. And they was like, yo, what you doing, man? You be rapping? And we like, yeah. And then they start laughing, like, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, it's like, yo, what's your name, man? What's your name, man? I said, my name is Dr. Ong. And he looked at me and said, man, fuck that, fuck that, man. That shit's corny, man. This gonna, you know, your name gonna be Daddy O and you gonna run it down like this. D to the A double D Y O. I go by the code of MC Daddy O. And this is something that you must be told. You couldn't touch me with a sure shot pole, Daddy O. Rhymes galore. MC Daddy O came back for more, y'all. Uh, now the, do it. The, 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 the now he hardest. says, do it. Right. And I do it. And then he explains to me this whole legacy of these guys named the Stetson Brothers from Long Island. And he says, who's your favorite group? I'm like flashing them. He's like, oh, man, fuck that, man. Ah. Stetson, Stetson Brothers cr- crushed Flash in them. <laughs> and so in my mind, I'm like, who the fuck could ever beat Flash? Right? He said, man, I wish I could find a tape, man. I wish I could find a tape, which now I wish I wouldn't have lost the tape. Right. <laughs> but he found the tape. And I heard. And it was these cats in Long Island. It was Pudgy P and Jeff Green fucking running Melly Melanin's life with this style. Because all they had was that routine shit. That flair. And Jeff Green, Jeff Green, and fucking them up. Aggressive. Aggressive. And they taught me. They taught me the gangster rock. Right. I went home, told D. He was with it. You know what I'm saying? And we rocked the gangster rock for a while until we met Fruquan ass. And I told D, I said, if we don't put this guy in the group, he's going to come back to eat us. (laughs) Yo, Delight, how'd you come up with your name, man? Um, You know... I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm. I'll be on a little spiritual vibe, man. Um, <laughs> so delight is just what it is. You know, you, you, you want know, to delight light, the audience. Yeah, let your light shine. Right. You know what I'm saying. So that's that's how the the name delight came in there, because it's it's really about just you know when you out there and you entertain or when you doing anything in life, you know you're gonna try to shine. Right. And when you shining, you're talking about light. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So when it came down to the light, instead of you can't say the light, you have to say the light. The light. Which is really the light when right. you break the word down. So, <laughs> so, so the Stetson brothers, mm-hmm. how does that become the Stetson, Stetson So what brothers? happens is they still on the corner. Right. We develop it. 
I asked them to come with me. They making so much money. It's 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 um Zab Judah father was down with them too. Oh, um, um yeah. They making so much money that they don't want to do. They said, man, go ahead, you can have making that. the drug money. Yeah. You can have that. So, you can have but, the so yeah, so me and Delight are thinking so big that we come up with this thing called a Stetsonation in the beginning. Because we here in Zulu Nation and we thinking we gotta go full movement. We not thinking just me and him and a little group. We gotta go full movement. So we create this whole Stetsonation thing. We we actually go to the BRC in Brownsville, start giving classes as to how to rap. We really? Start putting, yeah, what you, we what start, year is this? Oh, Jesus. But what th- that, that you guys decided to become rapped? Um, probably 80. 80. 80. 80. 81, yeah. something like that. So we're putting together these courses for like people to rap. Like a cultural rap. Exactly, because we feel like we got to form. We, we understand what we want to do with us, but we realize it got to be things. So in the beginning, it's like Stetson Brothers for maybe all of a week. Right. Until Delight comes up with the name Stetson Sonic. I ask him what it means. He says Stetson means style. Sonic means sound. Fine. And then in the beginning, it was the Stetson Sonic 3MC. So it was three of us. And then later on, as we as we developed the band concept, we just dropped the 3MCs because it was just more than the 3MCs. Right, right, right. Now, we had Prince Paul on last mm-hmm. month, and he talked about how you discovered him. Can you remember how you discovered Absolutely. him? Absolutely. Oh, man. Right after I win, right? It was right after we won in Coney Island. <laughs> it was a ba- y'all had a battle in Coney Island. We had a battle in Coney Island. We beat everybody, mm-hmm. about 80 groups. And then... Um, uh, uh, but we got to tell them, got to tell them mm-hmm. who sponsored the, the contest. The contest was yes. sponsored by Mr. Magic mm-hmm. and the yeah, Rap yeah. Attack. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that was very uh, uh, exhilarating to us because, damn, you're going out to Coney Island. It's like... It's like the Warriors. Yes. It's, it's yeah, packed. It's, it's yeah. packed. You know what I'm saying? So the impact that we had was yeah, was like off. So we hot, we hot off this win. Back in them days, we, you know, we all, we was kind of taking our page for Flash and Cold Crushing them. So we had the spikes and the braids mm-hmm. and all of that. The, we, ra- the we, rabbit tails? Yeah, all that. So we we um we um yes, we, we walking um we walking on the side it's Brevoit Bre- Bre- day, so we walking on the side of the Brevoit project. So all the main DJs are playing inside of Brevoit, but we hear somebody cutting up caravans liquid liquid, mm. and he's killing it. And then when we go a little closer, he's not only killing it, but he's making mean faces when he's cutting it. Mm. And I'm like, I want him. And so I do like this to him, and he thinks we're there to beat him up. Right. But um. But yeah, because he was I considerably had, younger than y'all. Yeah, yeah. I had oh, to yeah, talk to his mom and 16. all of that. Right. Then he then he had to go through this horrible experience of Russell just taking his music, which he probably never talks about. Which Russell Russell Russell, tried, Russell yeah Russell Simmons the 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 the, the there's a B side record to damn what's the A side to that record. What record? I can't remember that Def Jam record where, where he took Paul's beat, and on the other side he, it's just Russell talking. Oh, not, not, not knowledge we, yeah, cold rock stuff, cold rock, rock stuff, stuff. Okay. yeah, and 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 it was from a tape that Paul when he wanted he kind of auditioned to be in the group even though we know we wanted him to be in it, but he was already making beats and stuff, right, right. so he went home and put together this joint with him scratching and doing all of this stuff on his drum machine, and later on we hear this record cold rock stuff and it sounds exactly like Paul's that, that, beats. That's crazy. Yeah. Now you guys 
Stetsasonic, as you guys are, are, are honing your skills, you guys are practicing a lot. We practice every. We practice so. We practice so much. I mean, we just practice. Like it wasn't about whether we had a show or not. It was just about practice. And you guys were practicing. You guys were doing these shows. You guys were battling a lot. You guys battled Dougie Fle- Dougie Fresh and Slick Rick. No, we just battled. Well. Different things. Okay. <laughs> Wise battled Dougie at Erasmus and wiped his ass. Right. Yeah. Um, never battled Ricky. I'm glad I didn't have to. <laughs> I think he would have won. Right. Um, and then and then called and you then, a crumb. And then Dougie, at the day of the battle, mm-hmm. we were just saying how much of the best we were. We tried to get him to battle wise right there. He said, no, I'm really an MC. The light goes, what, Rob for Rob? I'm like, no, let me get this D. Because I used to always want to battle Mo D. And I used to have this rhyme ready for Mo D. For Mo D. And so I said it to Dougie, shook like bally dirt in his face. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Yeah. So, uh, uh, no, but let me, <laughs> let me chime in there. Go ahead. Um, um, what's the club? Which club? Um, when we had the whole band set up and we did the battle against Dougie one time, we we was in the USA. Back. No, that wasn't USA. The skating rink. That's skating USA. USA. Nah, Roxy. Roxy. Oh, okay, oh, oh, Roxy. West side on the west side. Yeah, 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 yeah. We was Roxy's. Went down there, and um, I forgot <laughs> what we went down. I there. forgot about that one. Yeah, we went down there to Roxy's. Right, it was packed. Yep, and went with pack wall to wall. You know. Oh, you talking about that battle? We had a battle once <laughs> yeah. where we was battling for money. We was battling for a thousand dollars, right? And we do this thing and we kill it. But then, like later on, they introduced Dougie. This is the first time we saw treated like a prostitute. Mm-hmm. First time we ever saw Ricky. Mm-hmm. We were mad because we thought Dougie was established and shouldn't be in the battle. Right. So he does something with Ricky, and then they let Busy B do something. So they're pulling out all these ringers. I get mad and leave. Right. I get mad and leave. I'm like, F this, I'm out. Because you, ba- you got me battling professionals. Delight stays mm-hmm. and comes back to me, to my crib that night. And I'm like, man, you stayed for that bullshit. And he just throws like $333. Ah. Say, they made it a three-way tie. No word. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that's crazy, man. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Going back to this contest, this Mr. Magic contest, mm-hmm. this Mr. Magic contest, was for a deal, right? It was, and that's what that's what eventually landed y'all at Tommy, at Tommy Boy. Boy. Mm-hmm. Um, but from what I understand, that contest that you guys won, you could have ended up at, at Cold Chilling. No, Cold Chilling wasn't Cold part Chillin of it. Uh, Tyrone yeah. was with us. Fly Ty, but, but yeah, the the contest was first place was Sugar Hill. Okay, second place was Tommy Boy. Third place was Pop Art, which was Lawrence Goodman's label. Right, right, right. At the time, he had Salt and Pepper. We won first, right? So we went out to Sugar Hill, ah. but it was like the most oh whack experience. Tell, tell us ever. about your experience with Sugar Hill, man. <laughs> <laughs> so we go to Sugar Hill, right? right? If anybody knows anything about Sugar Hill Records, so they were like Robinson. they were two. They had two camp- campuses, one down the hill, one up the hill. And they were exactly the same. They were right. made exactly the same. Right. Studios and everything. We go there. Fountain with the water. The the the, the Furious <laughs> Five is outside playing frisbee, frisbee next to friggin' like rented Benzes, <laughs> right? Um, Joey, not um, not it wasn't Joey. It was Leland was out Leland. there. The Supra was brand new. He's out there shining the rims of his new Supra. 
Then Bobby Robinson Sr. comes in with his Benz, which is like the small convertible. Then Melly Mel comes out of the back with two girls up underneath his arm, like, yo, so, what's up, Dad? So it was, like a, it was like a rap they, video. They staged, they staged the it to, for to, us, to right? make y'all want to sign. So we don't, we don't give to nothing. We're just like, what's up? Tyrone's trying to appease us. We're like, what the fuck's going on? So finally, he takes us up the hill. Let's go up and see Miss Rob. And so Sylvia's sitting there. She's got her Rolls Royce keys strategically placed on the counter. And she and we cigarette. sitting behind cigarette, cigarette right. smoking a cigarette. And and, and, and we and, and, and just keep looking behind. The kids was raving about you. You know. But then when they gave us the contract, it was four percent retail. Oh my God. Well, no, four percent wholesale. So it really oh, so made it like a two a two percent contract. Right, right, right. And you know, in advance was like a hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, hundred dollars. Yeah. and it was like it was really weird because they was telling us <laughs> it was a great deal and you guys should sign. And they thought and, you didn't know. Yeah, it was just right. But bizarre. but who knew? Who knew to steer you from that deal? Was it well? Fun? Well, we, we had we, a we. I didn't. First of all, um, um, we didn't uh, know too much about the business anyway. Right. But we know that. Damn, y'all were smart because even that, a lot, a lot of us signed those types of deals, man. I mean, the Tommy Boy deal wasn't that much. Right, I mean, I know. But, but the bottom line was that we did get a lawyer right. who looked at us and Who's said— Who was your lawyer back then? Um, I can't remember his name, but it was just like—he was just like, you guys are like idiots right. if you sign this. So you, so you guys signed— We sign. signed with Tommy Boy because they're the, they're the more hip-hop label. Right. We don't sign with Lawrence because he's not established. Right. So— we sign with Tommy. You know, one of the things you talk about, man, and one of those things that's 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 real important and magical back in those days was the hip hop university that was the Latin Quarter. Yes. The club. Yes. And you guys spent a lot of time in the yeah. Latin Quarter. So mm-hmm. Let's talk about the magic that you were seeing there. I mean, it was just um so there was the way I think of it is I always think that there's like these two sides, right? right. So Russell had so he was managed by Russell at the time. So Russell had um, all his kind of what would be called overground acts. So like LL. Beastie Boys. Um, Beasties. It wasn't P.E. yet. Um, but like kind of almost everybody. S- Slick uh, Rick too? Um, no, not yet. Okay. Um, um, but Houdini was part of that. Um, so he's kind of had this overground. So these these are the guys that. Top shelf. Top shelf, kind of, sort of beyond playing this right. atmosphere, and then there's us and the rest of us ultra, like all of us that used to just Chris, who used to be there, even though you know Chris, my man, but they used to get chased out of there. Chris Lighty? No, Chris. Oh, Chris, Chris Lighty actually was with them. Right. Um, God bless the dead. All of those violators used to get chased out of. They used to get chased out of the the, the yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But it was a violent place. And yeah, it was a crazy yeah, place. Yeah, yeah. But, but but what happens is that you know so. We we spent a lot of time there because we could play Latin Quarter and not get bothered pretty much every two weeks and right. get a paycheck. Right. Like you know, what I'm saying we was one of the we was one of those acts. And I mean, yeah, of course, not get bothered, which was fun. But but the the, the amount of talent you saw you saw a young MC Hammer performing there. Yeah, Hammer um used to come and visit me, you know, under his Kirk Burrell name. Right. And um, in Brooklyn, he used to come out to Brooklyn. He, he used to come to he used to come to the house in Brooklyn, but he used to come with me to Latin Quarter too. And he had a group called the Holy Ghost Boys. First time I ever heard of any gospel rap. But he was a, he's dancing. So he used to watch Stretch and Tron all the time. Damn, so so Hammer had some roots in the, in the Latin Quarter. Yeah, I mean, Hammer used to come all the time. That's crazy. But most people don't know his roots, period. Like right. when we first was on tour and we was on the Def Jam tour and we got to Oakland, 
like the Burrells pulled up in Benzes, Benzes and, yeah. and, and got us. Called the Mercedes and, crew. Yeah, and then LL is looking at, like, who are these people? Right. Like, them <laughs> niggas is deep in the street. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, So Hammer was doing the dance yeah. in the Latin Quarter. Well, he learned. I really believe, like, the, the uh-oh, uh-oh and all that. He, all, he learned all that from stretching. Really? Time. Yeah. That's that, crazy. They were doing that way before. That's right? crazy. Yeah. Talk about the first time you heard my melody. In, um, in the Latin Quarter. Well, it was crazy because, so Eric comes in, and he, everybody's there, right? So Supreme Magnetic is there. I almost want to say the original 50 is there. I know Pig is there. I know Dog somewhere there. Like, all of these guys are there, right? That whole paid pay full, full posse, right? You know, Eric's just standing and shit. Being Eric. And they put on this fucking record. Do, 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 and I'm like, do, what the hell? Do, the whole do, dance floor turns around. I think Red even played it twice or Better three alert. times. Alert, right? It was yeah. crazy. Crazy, right? Oh, it was oh, bananas. Wait, 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 wait. But you got to remember, on the first night that he played it. You were probably there and no, I wasn't there. Nobody moved. Yeah, see? He, Transfixed. He, he was more in the light because he used to do the Tuesday night. Right. No more. Nobody moved off that period. Because it all. shifted the culture. Right. It's, no, yeah. Nobody moved out at, at, at all. But as time went along as it was getting radio play and you're playing a and the b side that was it Yo, it's funny man i and i like like i said earlier i don't want to sound like the old man like when we was coming up but i remember like the most magical moment for me was being at payday mm -hmm. club payday mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i went to see the 40 buses right, we drink right. old gold mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the dismasters yeah, yeah i went to see them perform <laughs> like what, what, you know what was this record they had the um small time hustler yeah, uh -huh, yeah, yeah. small time hustler mm -hmm. so we've seen them perform and then they turned the lights on afterwards and then the screen came down right the slow screen came down and that's the night they premiered um the my philosophy Video, video, mm -hmm. and nobody moved because right. we didn't expect to see the video. And Chris, at that time, was red hot. Right, right, right. And 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 I wonder if these kids have those same moments that burn that memory into no. your into your soul that you always remember where you were well, when you, you know first heard my melody. You know what it is, though. Probably a lot of it is not, right. and it's only because they're bombarded with so much stuff. Yes, yes, so yes. you know what I'm saying. I mean, I talk about when television used to go off, right? Right. And so you know, it's they they just. They're just bombarded with so much 24 hours that it's very difficult to, catch, to, to have, catch, like, catch magic. big moment. Yeah. Talk about when you saw BDP, though, perform at Latin Quarter, like when they was performing. Um, well, it was we, we traded a lot. Um, I do remember the first performance where Scott sat down right. with, like, one turntable and a beatbox, and D-Nice was up there doing, you know, it was crazy. But Chris... Is he's special? He was a different caliber. I mean, it's just it's special. He's he, you know, it's something that used to happen with Stat, right? DBC, who's part of our band, used to always say, "It's about the rhyme style." D, it's about the rhyme style. And I'm not gonna tell you that in the very beginning, I understood what he was saying. Once I heard Chris, I totally got what he was saying, and so that's where all those cadences would come from. Because Delight and I would work on these cadences that just wouldn't be the regular 4-4 nursery rhyme. Chris seemed to develop through rhyme style. Like, he, he seemed to be able to do that with no effort. Like, I don't even think he... I can't see him putting a bunch of time into it, but then poetry comes out the way it does. Right. Right? And and so that stuff was there. And then, he, you know, he had that, that whole kind of, 
I'm the teacher thing going on as well. And the reggae so, thing going yeah, on. That, yeah. That's and then, crazy. Yeah, I mean, the reggae thing was dope. I mean, we used to feel like he cheated a lot. How come? Because he was using oh, oh. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, it was like, oh, and nobody in the night's going to do reggae. So, of course, he's going to come <laughs> off. Right. It's like being a DJ, right? right. And you, it's three of y'all, right? And two guys play. And nobody plays reggae, so you know you could damn play Shaka Dima and Ply as soon as you get on, and everybody's going to go crazy. Yeah. You also talk about how Scott LaRock was way ahead of his time. Two, two ahead of his He's like, had three independent labels when he died. Right. right. Yeah. And he would tell you, like, why'd you sign that deal with, yeah. with Tom? Y'all could have gotten independent. Yeah, he, mm-hmm. t- Scott was that guy. Scott, like Scott he, was, um, me and Scott goes back, this is before since the sound. I used to play ball back in the day. And Scott uh, played ball. Right. And Scott used to... Um, come out to Queens to um to Ajax Park and that's where I met Scott and we was younger then you know what I'm saying and we would go out we'll play ball and then I would go up to Parkchester where he was from and I would play ball out out there with him right you know what I'm saying so that's how the connection so when he when he you know came through with BDP it was like Oh my God! You know what I'm saying? It's after I had not seen him for a couple of years. Right. And I said, "Damn, you mean yeah?" And it was, and it was like a family reunion right there. You know. So I was very close to Scott. You know, talk about the impact of his death. Um, it was pretty crazy. I mean, I went up there with Lumumba and them to the place, and it was crazy. Like it was that didn't happen in hip hop before. No, it, it didn't happen. He and was, he was the, the first. Whole, he was the first one. Yeah, it was weird. Because that that passed away violently. Very, very mm-hmm. ugly situation happened because of ugly reason. Mm-hmm. Silly. It was it was it was that he, unnecessary. Yeah, he was protecting somebody right. else. So, yeah. uh, it was just, it, it was tough. Now we had D Nice on the show, and he, mm-hmm. he, he it was the first time he really talked yeah, about yeah. it, and it was really emotional because yeah. he was talking about how. It wasn't until he was on his show that he talked because back then he was like only fourteen or right. fifteen mm-hmm, years old, mm-hmm. so he didn't even understand what to say. They just yeah. kept it moving. Yeah. Um. You know, before we get to your your first albums, man, let's talk about the impact of how you guys made a record that was, uh, you know, it was about social justice, man. Let's talk about the where this record Africa. Africa was took a cha- y'all. You know, one of the things I say about nowadays is that, um, and this is why I try to lend as much help as I possibly can to young artists. Like I started the artist development clinic and, Mm -hmm. you know, um, people always helped, you know, people always help people always, butt their head in. people always, whatever. So, uh, at between Bill Adler and Laura Hines, that was our publicist at Tommy boy. They knew this guy who just passed away, I think, last year, named Danny Schechter. Mm-hmm. He just called himself Danny Schechter, the news dissector. He was ABC 2020 guy, correspondent, but really a good writer and researcher. Danny had this idea, and he just wanted to show us. And so he, take, he takes us to his apartment, and he shows us all these videos about apartheid. Mm-hmm. And he shows us the necklacing and all of this. Were you up on apartheid before that? I wasn't. Wow. And he looks at me and says, so what are you doing, daddy? Right. Ain't that what you rappers do? Right. And Speak so, the truth yeah, about these so, issues. So we um, we took on it. It was a challenge because, I mean, it wasn't like people were really doing that. Right. So we took on the, the responsibility of, um, well, I mean, real first it was a challenge. Before responsibility, it was a challenge first. How do you make this record about this subject? How do you learn the subject to, yeah, to well, rap about yeah. it authoritatively? Exactly. And then how do you make a record that people who've gonna, been hearing like Jesse Stead or whatever right. is going to like? 
And so it was a, it was a little challenge, but it was cool. But that record like had such an impact in terms of how it, it took you guys global. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean it was it was a, it was huge. For years I called Africa the longest running record in hip hop because it was a study guide. Well, I always call it below the Mason Dixon line. From Atlanta down, they actually had it in schools as a study guide. Mm, to not crazy. only teach like apartheid, but to also teach countries. And to this day I run into teachers and say, Hey, I taught my kids the African country by just Playing countries by just playing that, that's crazy yeah. but that record also made you rub shoulders with like global superstars like you two and bono and and, and, oh, and absolutely yeah yeah so it was cool i mean for us again man it was always with stetson sonic it was always about like where do we fit in in the sphere of this whole musical puzzle right and so for us it was cool to like hang out with, like, Paul Young and Bono and Patti LaBelle and all these people who recognize us for where we were. Right. Because if you look at the, the footage on YouTube, nobody handled that audience like mm-hmm. us. We're mm-hmm. talking about 70,000 people. Damn. You're talking about some incredible singers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when we went out there, we, you know. And, but when you and, see 70,000, what are you thinking? The same thing we think when we see two. Mm. Yes, yeah, it's, it's the same. I mean, Delight and I have never, it don't matter, B. It, it, I mean, it really, I mean, we've always operated on this principle like you're a new guy. You're a new act. You're not going to go out there and hold the mic out there and they're saying your words. They don't know you. Right. And we've always done that. Your first album is on fire. Yep. Um, talk about the mistake that became the hit that was Ghost Um. This guy here. Delight. Always wanted to do live drums. Mm-hmm. We come up with a plan. Now, that- did you did you play? Did you grow up playing drums? Uh, actually, I didn't grow up playing drums. But what actually happened is that um, uh, when I told Daddy Daddy about the idea of doing some live drums, right? Um, um, he says, "Well, you know, we had the uh, the roll. What's that? The rolling uh, was, that we had no, got. We actually." It wasn't, a, was it? The, is the Lindrum rolling? Lindrum. 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 It was a Lindrum. It was a Lindrum. So we had the Lindrum, and um, Daddy will say, yo, well, just, you know, play play what you want. You know, play the beat, how you, however you're hearing it. So I played it, you know what I'm saying? And then we came up with the rhyme style, um, pass it to DBC and Prince Paul. They added what they need to put onto it. You know what I'm saying? I just kept on saying it sounded good. But I said, no, I said, D, it's not finished. It's not finished. We we got to put the live drums on it. The live drums, we got to finish. Because when you get the first single, your first single, I, I think it didn't have any live drums on uh-uh. it. You know what I'm saying? But when we did it, uh, you know, did it again. It brought a whole different brought a whole nother right. So what thing. happens is that I meet him halfway. So I let which is one of his best friends, come in the studio, play these drums. It's not Bobby, it's Nadar, right? So he comes in, he plays these drums, and so I go out and get this oak tag from the the drugstore, and basically I'm, like, showing him these signs. This is where to do a roll. Mm. This is where to do a stop. Because my idea is, D, we're going to keep the electronic drums but use the live drums as the cymbals and the rolls and all of that. We were working with Bob Power at the time, mm-hmm. who went on to do the D'Angelo stuff right. and stuff. But Bob was in, 
an anal idiot, right? So it's like <laughs> he always takes time to pull up mixes and all of that and this. One day, Powell's not available, so they send in this guy, Bob Coulter. Mm-hmm. And Coulter, we never knew before that that a mix could be pulled up that quickly. Right. Wow. So what Coulter does is the, the drums were only on three tracks, two stereo tracks and one in the bathroom for the ambience. But what Coulter does is he sees this thing that says live drums, so he pushes up just the live drums. Then he pushes up the vocals without any of the stuff. Right. And I'm like, that's the record. That's the record. Erase the electronic drums. Because it's, he's it's like, so primal. It's he's primal. like, are you right? right. I'm, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, that's the song. And then he gets his wish. <laughs> Yo, let me ask you, man. What is it about Gostetsa that made the wolves come out in the clubs <laughs> and start jacking people and, 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 and buck 50 and people and, and change Well, you snatching. know what it is? You know what it is? I think, I think that it's the root. Like, you know, the one thing about Stead, I always say, I mean, we may be, you know, technically some very conservative guys, you know, family men, that kind of thing. But, you know, we got to I can't say we got a shady past, mm-hmm. but, you know, there's a root there. Right. I mean, we got Decepticons in the room now. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> there's a root there. So we we've always done that. Like the one thing that Delight and I was always you know, we never wanted the street to be mad. Mm. You understand? It, you, have, it's you, have to, cool. you have to please your audience. Yeah, but I, it, 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 it's a little more than that because I think at that time, hip-hop was attracting an audience of nine-to-fivers and, and college kids and all of that. But we never wanted the street to be dissatisfied. Right. So every bit of angst, anger, whatever you heard in those records, it was that. It was really that damn Tom Jones sample that Paul put in, and he's from Long Island, so there was no way he had to know that. Right. But when they hear in that damn dent dent, all of a sudden they turn it into something else. And all they do is come to me and say, yo, who with you, man? You know, <laughs> leave the dance floor in about 10 minutes. Yeah, it's about man, to get crazy. We, yeah. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. You know, um, you, you talk about how you, you guys did your first album, On Fire, Public Enemy did their first album. Uh, Yo, Bum Rush the Show um, had some great songs on it, but it wasn't. They weren't. They weren't right. critically acclaimed. Right. You and PE go on tour. You guys spend a lot of time on the bus. At the end of that tour, three classics come out. Right. You know what I'm saying? Three classics come out. Yeah, yeah. Um, full Gear and Full Gear. Mm-hmm. It takes a nation and mm-hmm. Three Feet High and Rising. Can you yeah. talk about that? That 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 metamorphosis. The the weird part is that. So we're on this huge tour, but the two biggest groups share a bus. Yes. How that work? Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but what it did also is get us to run all of this stuff up against each other. Like we're bumping up. We're bumping Like a pressure up. cooker. Yeah, we're bumping ideas like crazy. With so the bomb squad? Yeah, so that's, that's, where, that's where all of that stuff comes from. It's like, you, you know, we know what we want to do. They know what they want to do. Chuck knows intrinsically that I can't sound like Daddy O and them. Daddy know Daddy O knows intrinsically I can't sound like Chuck and them. You know, um, and so we we basically kind of formulate these things. And then you know Paul, who to this day I mean he talks more now than he ever did, but he's still a quiet guy. Mm-hmm. He's just sitting there writing this damn record, soaking it all in. And he brings me this damn plug tuning record a little bit after we're on tour. Damn. And says, look, I know nothing about the music industry, but what do you think? I'm like, 
I had three deals on the table for Daylight. I had way bigger deals. Because you, you, you're the one that walked, I shopped it. Right. But um, Off of Plug Tuning? Yes. Yo, how crazy is that record, man? <laughs> it's still it's still the craziest record ever. Like it was crazy. And like yeah, like it, yeah. it was like another dimension, yeah. a record from another dimension, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy, man. Talk about making all talking all that jazz. Delight, because um, that that was you. You made that record with a purpose. Well, it started off with him, right? <laughs> because he wanted the all, and still to this day, like there's gonna be a new a future Stetsasonic album that mm-hmm. I'm actually. I'm trying to tag this producer. With everybody involved. Yeah. I'm trying to tag this producer overseas that did those Jazzmatic records. Mm-hmm, right. I spoke to him once or twice. But Delight wants to do a jazz record. Like, he been wanting to do a jazz record, so now we're just going to do a jazz album, right? But he comes with this idea and says, D, we got to do a record about hip-hop and jazz because it's all the same. You know, right. the Smoke Club. How, all did, how did you see that, though? Because because up until y'all did that record, we didn't see the, the similarities. Oh. With jazz and, and hip hop, hey, um, you, you know when you have a little um, uh, understanding or uh, understanding of how black music come about, you know, um, and you start to 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 really look at you know all the roots of all the music that we had, um, and then looking at hip hop, hip hop um, as a music gender as we talk about written by daddy yo um about in talking all that jazz you start to um recognize the fact that all of the music that we had um came from the records that that we love and from the music genders that we love and i always had a love for jazz and you know i'm always trying to make sure that we were cutting edge, so when I say, "Hey, Daddy, yo, let's let's do this record, uh, float on," yeah. you know what I'm saying? Um, let's do live drums. Great record. Let's do. So he had this love for Lonnie Liston Smith's Lonnie expansions. Liston, and right. He's just like, so, "You got to do a record off expansions." Right. So we go in and we try it, but when we when we sample it, it sounds funny. Slow down. Mm-hmm. Um. So um, we get. Paul actually gets Don Newkirk to come in and play. play it. It's Bobby's idea to use that cello bass. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this thing happens where James M. Toomey, who actually is one of my good friends now, but at that time I didn't know him. He was anti. He was anti-sampling. Him right. and Salam Remy's father. Right. Okay. Was, on, was uh, it just anti-sampling or was it kind it of was bleeding, anti-sampling. No. bleeding into hip-hop? No. It was anti-sampling. Right, right, right. I, I, it was anti-sampling. He says, you're creating this generation of non-creative musicians, blah, blah, blah. So he's on Bob Slade in the morning and he's talking. And then I go back up there. But when I go back up there, he's not there. And then he comes back and we kind of going back and forth at each other through different radio shows right right? and um i go to him and fruquan i just like yo i got this and they like you sure d and i'm like yeah and so talking all that jazz is a letter to him to me right it's just a letter to him which is why you have that 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 piece of uh juicy fruit in the record absolutely which is crazy um the reason juicy fruit's in the record because i'm like watch me sample it and not pay him (laughs) (laughs) and y'all and and y'all never did no but it was a different time. Y'all could get yeah, away yeah, with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, on that album too, man. You you talk a lot about Miami bass. Why? Like because because we because we, weren't, tour, we weren't fucking with Miami bass in New York. Well, you know what? Tour 
tour changed. I can't say changed that to Sonic, but it expanded us. Which is what happened to a lot of New York yeah. acts. We were, yeah. we, and I don't mean to cut mm-hmm, you off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We were very close-minded as to anything that existed outside, outside of the five borough. Even shit from Jersey or Philly was not existent. So I mean, look, so, we had, uh, Chuck and I had a very difficult experience bringing Dope Man onto the tour bus. Because we got shouted out by both groups. That's whack, blah, 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 all of that. And we're like, oh, music is not always going to come from here. Right. Um, I think Stetsasonic, just as an overall unit, was a little bit more receptive to music coming from other places right. because everybody had all of this other stuff. Like, you know, Paul and DBC are like, could be George Clinton's little sons or something. Right. Like they weigh into this, you know. Delights, you know, he's got the jazz, he's got, you know, me, I'm a little bit more reggae, you know what I'm saying? Like, Fuquan somewhere in between, Wise is Spanish, right? You know what I'm saying? So we, we, we understood that sonically things could be a little different. And then, again, I mean, it's us in the street. So, like, when I said we touch Oakland and, and, and Hammer, we touch Miami, and Luke comes to get us, you know? And I got to go to the neighborhood with Luke and, and you know, listen to little niggas in, 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 in Liberty City talking about they was going to kill LL. Mm. And Luke said, no, slow down. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But everywhere we touched, we touched with somebody that was pretty much. And if you notice, Miami Bass is actually co-produced by Luke because what we did is send it down to him. And he didn't do much, but he just, you know, he you just, just wanted to get his stuff. approval yeah, in a sense absolutely. and the stamp. That's absolutely. dope, man. Absolutely. And, you know, that all sticks with... um um one of the reasons why I, I came up with the, now, the name Stetsasonic, which is style and sound, right. because that's what it was all about. Right. And that's when you have, you know, those ideas that were popping in my head about doing this, doing that, and so forth and so on, because you got to be trying to stay on the cutting edge, you yeah. know what I'm saying, and represent our name as sound, because um, dealing with hip-hop and fighting for our place, because they wanted to try to kill hip hop then and then. Because it was then, just a fad, quote unquote. Right, as, as far as a fad and so forth, the song, we was definitely. Um, effective record. Show. Definitely yeah. effective record. Let's go to a quick break. Internet, you tune into the Combat Jack Show, combatjackshow.com. And we got Daddy O and Delight from the legendary group Stetson Sonic. We'll be back with more tales from the golden era up until now. F your radio, F your TV show, and F your podcast. Internet. This portion of the Combat Jack Show is sponsored by Bevel the superior shaving system designed for people with coarse curly hair and sensitive skin. I'm finding out, man, that all these other bullshit razors that are out there, man, like the Harry's, the Tom Dick and jerk offs or whatever the fuck Gillette's and, and matrix and all that space age, weird shit, man. Like those blades are not quality blades. A lot of those blades, man, are, aren't they? You can find those in 99 cent shops, right? Yeah. Come on, man. No Bondulu. Don't put no Bondulu to your face. No Bondulu blades to your face. We come on, man. We off that. Listen, and now, this month, I got a very, very special offer for you, Internets, because we love you. Go to GetBevel.com, punch in the promo code FREEJACK, F-R-E-E-J-A-C-K, and you get your first month's orders for free, free, for a month. Listen, Internets, I don't fuck around. You should not fuck around either. Go to GetBevel.com, punch in promo code FREEJACK, F-R-E-E-J-A-C-K. Don't ever let these motherfuckers tell you that me... And Bevel and the Combat Jack Show never bless you. What up, Tristan Walker? Stop fucking around. Shave like a boss. Get your shit for free. And now back to the show. 
Hey, yo, Internet, you're back with the Combat Jack Show, CombatJackShow.com. I'm sitting here with Daddy on D-Light from the legendary group Stetson Sonic. Yo, Daddy, yo, man, as, as, you, as you start climbing in your artistry, particularly your production skills, you start producing classics. Like, yeah. you, you produce, I didn't know, like, seriously, as much as I know about this, this game, I really didn't know that you produced top billing. Yeah. For audio. T- why, is that common knowledge or? It's all his fault again. But is so, it common? Does, do most people know Most that? people know it is now. It, are you in the credits? Yeah. Okay. It says produced by Daddy O's. That's the Sonic and Bloomers, everything. Right. But so, uh, all, so that's a nice check for all, you. All, all, all the, yeah, that's a nice all, check for all, you. All the, lights, all the lights fall again. So this is what happens. The lights go into the Latin Quarter more than me. So he's going on these either Tuesday or Thursday nights that Red Alert has or whatever, right? And every time he comes home, he's singing this record. I like cherries because cherries taste better and grapes are sour. And I'm like, what the hell are you saying? Like, D, you got to hear this record. I'm like, is it rap? It's like, yes, yeah, rap. But then he goes, yo, Milk, what kind of girl? I'm like, what are you talking about? Because you had seen you know? the audio too before. Right. And so I go and he's, I go out with him one night and I like cherries. Red Alert plays it because he's like, Red Alert's going to play this record. And he plays I Like Cherries, and I really do like the song. Right. I'm like, yo, D, you right. He's usually right. And I'm like, um, so what happens is that, you know, Stet kind of grows a little bit in popularity. Palladium's open. Michael Tart Room, we do a release um, party for the On Fire album. And the Audio 2 come in. They walk in. And when they're walking by me, they walk past. It's like, it's actually those two, Nat and Light. Mm-hmm. But when they Nat, walk past me, Nat I say, Robinson. yeah, I say to them, yo, I, call, I I grab milk and I say, yo, if you ever want somebody to produce your records, man, you know, I'll do it. And then he gets all giddy like it runs back to Nat, like, that no wants to produce my record, you know. So we go in the studio and we start making this record and I'm working on this track called Make It Funky, which is the A side. Right. And, um, you know, I'm pretty much close to where I want to be with it. And I go upstairs with Giz and Nat to talk. Milk stays downstairs. In the middle of our conversation, Milk runs upstairs. Crazy, like somebody stole his food. Yo, yo, you got to come downstairs. You got to see what happened with your drop yeah, pattern, that, Daddy. Yo. That sounds right? Like right. And so what he did is he loaded the top of Impeach the President into the SP-12 and just hit play to my drum pattern. And it's it's basically top billing as we know it. Right. But wait, there's more. He had the whole rhyme. And so we stand there. He said, let me show you what I did. And he rhymes the whole thing. And me and Nat and Giz look at him in amazement. And he thinks we're saying it's whack. Right. And we're like, no. It's like, should I change it? Should I make it longer? No. I said, suckers, that's down with me. Should I say me? No. And I don't even take it off the four track. I master it off the four track. How did you know that? Because that record was so unorthodox. Well, like I when know. I let me tell you something mm-hmm. personally, and I think I have an open palette for music. But mm-hmm. when I heard that record mm-hmm. personally, I didn't understand right. why so many cats were crazy. Because I was like, "Yo, this shit is ABC. Like this shit is so simple." Well, I knew it was that. Did record. you think it was it? Yo, when I first heard that beat, I was in Union Square, and I. Was and it just locked everybody in the joint. So it was another prime. It was basically like well, a ghost. That's a we, record. Yeah, it was. We um, 
So we do it, and then I say, look, this is what we're going to do. We're going to release this record. We're going to only promote the A-side, let everybody at Atlantic know we're only going to promote. Red Alert and them are going to feel like they found this record. Let them discover it. And it's going to, it's the... It's so the, psychologically... It's, it's the time of a PSA, so we're going to get more time. So psychologically, because you knew that Red Alert was good for finding hits out I of made the all, B-sides. I, I made so many records for Red Alert. The, the, the drum roll of Ghost Stetzer stayed because of Red. That's crazy, man. Because I know, and I know him, and he's going to go... I know it. Like, you know it intrinsically. Like, um, Talk about another legendary record, and this is really legendary, because it's one of those, like, could this happen again, particularly in today's climate? Self-destruction, man. Um, hmm. Just a real... Self-destruction is a lot easier... And I'm kind of working on self-destruction, too, now. And we'll talk about that later. But self-destruction was a lot easier than it looks. Um, real, I got a record on one of my albums I'm putting out called Mr. 9 to 5. And basically, Mr. 9 to 5 could have been the guy that inspired self-destruction. Um, it's the Latin Quarter. Everybody's wearing gold chains. Everybody's doing all this. And then there's a couple of little cats in Jersey that got day jobs that want to look like pig and dog in, mm-hmm. in the original 50. He came in there. He got God. He got juked. He, he died. And then they blamed it on the culture. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, they blamed it all on us. And so Chris is like, what the hell? You know what I'm saying? So he gets with so Nelson George. Yeah, he gets with Nelson George. And, and, and um, he gets with Nelson um, and Carly. And uh, there was somebody. Oh, Bill Stephanie. Mm-hmm. And they basically kind of put together a plan in the background before they tell us about it. And then by the time they tell us about it, really kind of sort of all they need from us little bit of participation, which we did a few press conference things, but really more vocals than anything else. But, I mean, it was it was something that we all were not opposed to because right. we were like, yeah, you want to make a record that we ain't causing this? Absolutely. Did you think it was going to be a big record, though? Absolutely. Right. Yeah, I had no doubt that self-destruction was going to be a big record. Right. I mean, what, it was no way for it not to be with all those right. voices. Now, from what I understand is initially the initial track was all right. But then how D-Nice mm-hmm. went and took musical elements from most of those groups. Groups mm-hmm. Like he took the Impeach the President yeah, from, yeah. from P.E. He told us that he was going to do that when yeah. he was doing All that jazz. Yeah, yeah he said that he was going to do that when he did it. Um, interesting pieces. that So LL hated the beat. Right. LL Cool J was, wasn't in a position. He, he was just coming out of Walking with a Panther. Which was his, which is his critically bombed. Exactly. People were booing LL exactly. at the time. So he had this concept that I, the first time that they hear me coming back, I don't want to be on that beat. Which is actually kind of brilliant. But he wrote Lights Run. Right. Right. He wrote Lights Run. Right. Of, of course. And, and you saw him. Yeah, I did. Like y'all saw yeah, it. Like yeah. talk about watching LL write for somebody else. I mean, just pacing. It's funny because we just did a show in Philly and me and Delight's pacing before. <laughs> just pacing and writing on a pad, you know, but basically saying to Light, because Light's original rhyme was very statistical. Right. Um, you know, um, you know, nine out of ten, da, 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 you know, that kind of, you know, and she was just, he was just like, you can't. No. Uh, you got it. Yeah. Gotta, that's crazy, man. Yeah, you got to bring it. Um, what's your most memorable moment for making that record self-destruction self-destruction well like well each of y'all I, I mean for me um there was a moment um the way the record was set up i was gonna go after chris chaos one 
um, Modi came down. He wasn't originally supposed to be on the record. Um, so you heard about it. He, he came down to be muscle his way in. Right, so they. So what happened is that he he's looking to be on the record, and then um, um, I, I forgot. I I think I told Chris. I said, "Well, Chris, you know, um, I'll shorten my rhyme, you know, or I'll write something different, and you can plug him in right right behind me and stuff like that." And that's when I I came up with the pop pop pop. And then he just he just came right off of that. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. And 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 when that record dropped, man, and you saw the impact of it, man, like like what y'all think? Because that was I, never I, I done never, before. I never doubted it. Right. I never. I just. I don't know. It's that that that's probably one of those that I just never had any doubt about. Right. Um, the organization on that record. Yeah, it was just. I mean, there was just no way <laughs> yeah. for it to not yeah. work right. with all those voices. Like right. you know. All right, but no but way. the flip side is this, man. You know, we all know that as much as we want to talk about getting along and 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 stopping the violence, we also know that a lot of us, a lot of niggas, can't get along, man. Like, yeah. what was the com- what was the climate like? Between the rap and the rap community, like, did y'all have like, were there some catches? Like, I really don't fuck with them. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't see a wow. whole bunch. The only mm-hmm. thing people were a little tight about, which is the weird thing, which it's not really weird, is there's a couple of cats were tight about D Nice Ramen on the record. Why? Because he, he wasn't he, consi- he wasn't that guy. Right. Right. He just wasn't that guy. But he, but he like, architected the, the and that's why he got the rhyme. Right. Because other than that, D Nice would not fed off to be right. a rhymer on that record. Was it also true of Miss Melody? I don't think it was true, Miss Melody, in particular. She was a girl, and it wasn't like we was gonna have a whole bunch of girls on the record. So it was nice to have another girl, right. anyway. I don't think I don't. For me, it wasn't true of Miss Melody. I don't know how other people felt about right. it. Who had the nicest verse on that record? Me. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think me. Yeah. See, me and Wise. True MCs. Yeah. True. True MCs, man. I, I think I had the most memorable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that pop, 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 yo. Now, now, also along the journey, we're talking about LL, man. I heard something that you saw LL lose a bracelet <laughs> at the hands of Rakim. Yo, oh, yeah, man. You, you wasn't there. You was there, right? Was you there? Yeah, nobody, whatever. He nobody don't want to say. Yeah, um, You're not even on the mic, man. You're yeah, not... LL, was, LL was drunk one right. night in New Orleans. It was Jack oh, the Rapper. Okay. I think it was Jack the Rapper. Oh, and, had a um, chunky piece on? And and he, he had a big ass bracelet with you know, um and he dropped it and Rakim just took his bracelet and took his drink and said, Go upstairs. I don't know if he ever gave it back right, to right, him. Right. Maybe he gave it back Th- to that's him. That's crazy, man. It didn't look like he was gonna give it back. That's crazy, <laughs> man. <laughs> now now as you as you as you as you guys are, you know, increasing with fame, your name really starts going beyond the genre as a producer. Like you start producing hits for the red hot chili peppers, like how? Well, um, a lot of that is it's not sort of Russell's doing, but Russell's okay, right? So Lisa Cortez, who now does mostly movies, mm-hmm. she was working for Rush, and she comes up with an idea called RPM, which is Rush Producers Management, right. and she says to that. Russell, "We can create an entirely different um, income stream if we take the producers out of these groups and start getting them separate work, right? You know, besides for what." is going on so they take me me and db is kind of a team mostly they take kind of like me and db um from from um stat they take uh 
Grandmaster D from Houdini, they take um they take the bomb squad as a piece. They take, you know, so it's a few of us, right? And basically what starts to happen is the genre is increasing in its stature and, and it's, its popularity. Influence. Everybody wants So now everybody kind of sort of wants that sound. I get the records I get because I always loved alternative. So I like the B-52s. I like mm. the Chili Peppers. You know what I'm saying? Like, I get that work because pretty much nobody else on the roster wants to do it. Like, right. you know, I don't know if Paul told you this, but I have to convince Prince Paul to do Fine Young Cannibals. Right. She yeah, drives yeah, me he, crazy. He, he said that. He said because he doesn't want to do it. He, he, but he doesn't didn't want to like do anything. It. He didn't want to do anything. Yeah, he doesn't like it. And I'm like, it's the cannibals. And they they want to work with this guy. Like, right. this is the plug tuning guy. Right. And I'm like, Paul, you have to. So he's a D. I'll do this one for you. But I don't want stop coming to me. With yeah, that's that, what he said. Because I don't want to do that. He said when he was locked into a project, he yeah. just wanted to do that project. He didn't yeah. want to do anything yeah. else, man. Yeah. That's crazy. Yo, talk about there's this common thread, man. Talk about the influence of Dr. Malachi York and the Ansaru community on 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 producing or or having an influence on so many prominent voices, including yourself, Kedar. Um, and even a young Jay-Z at the time, and, and Jazz-O and the whole nine. Well, Doc, Doc, um, Doc had a lot of the, and still does. Had, who, who, who is Dr. Malachi York? Um, he's my uncle. Okay, but, he's, your, um, he's your blood but, uncle? Uh, um, he's, yeah, he's Keto's uncle. So really? My uncle. Yeah. Okay. Um, he's, he's, you know, he's. So you're he's, close, he's, you're very, you were very close to that philosophy and that movement. Yeah, I'm still. Well, close. I was, definitely. Okay. Right. I mean, hey, that's still, even today, still my, I consider him still my master teacher. Right. The reason why I consider him my master teacher is because um, out of all the schools of thought that I went through, he had the most influence on me in regards to um, information, you know, and that really opened my mind to, you know, how I perceive things today. His influence is still with me today. So I think what happens with rap, especially at that time, is that, um, you know, Doc has a, a pretty much kind of prevailing thought. And then in the very beginning, I don't know what rappers do now, like new right. rappers. I don't know. I just enjoy if there's their even, music. If there's even listen, a spiritual I just enjoy, philo- Listen, right. I just enjoy their music. Right. I don't care. You know, that's you the know point, what I'm man. You don't hear. You yeah. don't know. Because it's, well, like, it's not like the nation of Islam mm-hmm. is, I don't want to say not right. prevalent, mm-hmm. but in terms of. The the the, inf, the there's a kind of like a disconnect between that movement yeah. and hip hop. Yeah. Well, what happened with 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 the answer is that that's at the same time hip hop is growing and all of these guys that are rapping are trying to find answers. Right. So a lot of the answers because we were really looking for answers. Back yeah. Then. A lot of the answers come from the books because there's nothing else there. Right. I mean, the only other thing that we had was 120 lessons, and we right. pretty much, yeah. you know, I always say, you know. Uh, I got a, a record I'm doing on my um, on my fourth quarter record this year called When Gods Walk the Earth, and it's going to be me and Lord Jamar. Right. And I'm like, I want to do Wake Up Again because they took that one Wake Up record and put 120 lessons in one record. But besides for 120, we don't have any prevailing philosophy. We're not biblical scholars or anything like that. So, And, and you know, it takes a while to kind of get your head wrapped around what, holy books are and organized religion. So, and I think Doc kind of understood that. Right. And so he didn't kind of pour it all on us like, 
you know, in that way. And so rappers now are doing that. And then I think a lot of it had to do with them watching us. So they right. seeing us follow him and they have influence. Let's us. let's spread the word through yeah, them. Exactly. And 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 you remember seeing like Jazzo and Jay Z roll through? Yeah, I we I lived with Jazz for a little right. while. So yeah. That's crazy. It's it's ill how, you know, every now and then, particularly recently, how Jay or bus yeah. some philosophy and yeah, it's like, yeah, yo, yeah. like damn, if you went full throttle on that shit, man. Yeah. Foxy Brown yep. and Little Kim started in your basement. They both did. How did they start in your basement? So, two different ways. Kim was somebody that uh, Un brought to me, this okay. Bronx girl. Right. I don't know where this Kim coming from, Brooklyn stuff came from. But in, Wait, Bronx, Kim, Kim is not from Brooklyn? No. I never knew her Hold from Hold up, Brooklyn. wait a minute. Little Kim is not from Brooklyn? I've never known Kim to be from Brooklyn. When, when Un used to bring her around, he used to bring her around from the Bronx. Yo, stop playing. That's the, all I know. I know Kim being in Brooklyn from coming back with us. She's we, a Bronx girl? That's you, all I know. Okay, you know what the equivalent of that is? What? Karis one is a Brooklyn cat. Mm-hmm. You, you know that, right? <laughs> well, man, but, man, Karis you know, one yeah. is a Park Slope cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that went to, you know. But yeah, so so anyway. Yo, internet, un, internet. Un, you hear this? Un says to me, man, yo, you know them dudes who hang around big, man, we can make a group. And I'm like, because they used to have a group called the Sixes, mm-hmm. and they used to take the bubble vest, and they used to take the Boy Scout numbers, and they all used to have 666 across mm-hmm. their vests, and they used to be walking around the neighborhood, you know, little kids. And I used to say, you mean them little niggas that be with Big? He said, yeah. I said, look, who could rhyme? He was like, well, I guess we could try to get them to rhyme, but we got Clep, because Clep was one right. of Biggie's friends, right, and Clep right, could right. rap. And, um, and this girl, Kim, she could rhyme. And I was like, all right, cool. And so he brought her around. So we started formulating Junior Mafia, making records in the wow. studio. And all. I got some original shit I could give wow. you. Right. And then um, Foxy was different because I knew her management team was some hustler friends of mine right. from the street, Paris and them. And they brought Foxy to me. And so um, I was like, she's dope. You know what I'm saying? Let's, so basically, like, I'm like two days with Foxy in the studio and two days with Kim in the studio. And so that's how they... You know, we developed that right. kind of stuff. Actually, Bobby has it. I'll try to get that for you, too. Bobby has. Bobby Simmons? Yeah, he has this remix he did off of my first solo record that I did. And it's a B-side of me and 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 Foxy Rhyming. And it's on, um, we slowed um, that record KG did for those girls. Um but we slowed it down and it's me and foxy rama now you saw also the beginning of their rivalry yeah in your basement what was that about um just something really simple we were trying to get a deal we had arista in the basement big was down there we was trying to close the deal Mm -hmm. inga came around foxy came around she wanted to come downstairs troy wouldn't let her come downstairs and then she started Oh, fuck, and that's where that whole fuck right. Kim and right, all right. of that came from. And from what I understand, you were actually trying to coach Kim because you already knew that Foxy was a better lyricist. Foxy's always going to be the better rapper. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we fixed it. The thing is this, I mean, not that I want to get off on a tangent, but a lot of people don't understand the, the genius of Biggie. Mm-hmm. So in, I didn't in what even, manner? I just didn't have to do anything. Like, if Big's there, 
You don't have to do anything. He fixes it. Right. You don't have to produce. Yeah. You don't have to just. He found flavor in your ear for Craig Mack. Wow. Puff's running around like, a. oh, I got this guy, but I don't know. He pulls down this Mo B beat and said, man, give him this. I don't like it. (laughs) The rest is history. Like, Big was that guy. So, yeah, I'm trying to coach Kim, but then it didn't work out what I was doing. I can let you hear the original. Kim sounded like a boy. Mm Mm-hmm. And I liked it. And Big told me, no, Daddy-O, it's not in the plan. She got a sound and so like when she, they went to Clark Kent and they made Players Anthem and I heard a sound like that, I was like, what is this? And he's like, it's all in the plan. Same thing when he let me hear Juicy. I hated Juicy. Because right, right, right. I had all well, the hardcore records too. and all of that. Juicy. And then I'm like, what are you doing with this? Yeah. And he's like, that's one thing Big always says, all in the plan. When he brought Faith home, he said, I'm marrying her. I said, what are you talking about? Don't worry about it. It's all in the plan, daddy. But he was that guy. Yeah, that, that's crazy, man. Yeah. Um, so you were talking about how you, you teach artists right now? Yeah, I got a, I have a, a clinic. Mm-hmm. Um, I got the idea because of, because of Shaquille O'Neal. Right. You know, I, I remember this one year that Shaquille O'Neal went to a, a foul sh- shot clinic and came back better. And I've been doing artist development for a while, kind of freestyle. Um, but then I said, yo, kind of what I do is a clinic. You know, so I started this thing, artdevclinic.com. And basically, I kind of, I start off with evaluation. So if artists go to Art Dev Clinic, there's only a sign up there. Um, and I figure out, and there's a little box that says, where can daddy o hear your stuff? So you SoundCloud or whatever. And I start off with a really honest evaluation. Like, look, you just don't have what it takes. Give it, up. it would take you so long to get there or whatever. Right. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, I. I started it because I, I saw the, this thing that I call a dropout rate just increasing. When I start, I always think of two people. I always think of Flavor and I always think of Freedom Williams. And I know these guys as guys that would do anything, just grunt anything out to get on. The beginning of Flavor Flav, he's singing, he's rapping, he's playing, playing every drums, instrument. Right. He doesn't know what he wants to do. But he's, he's, he's giving you everything. But he's trying to do anything to get on. He right. ends up as Chuck's clown, right. but that works, right? Um, the and, be, and, best side man. Yeah, of, be, exactly. No, best, be, and best then, hype man of all, and then, of all time. And then Freedom. No, but he, that's yeah, he is. He is. No, he is the best hype man of all time. Yeah. And then Freedom is the same guy that I see, you know, in studios. He's an assistant engineer, but he's trying to rap to you on the side or whatever. And then he meets what you call him in them and, 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 CNC. Yeah, CNC. And the next thing you know is... A, and so I never known people to drop out. Right. And then, but as of recently, you say within the last 10 years, I see people and I know that they're good or I feel that they're good. And I see them two years later and I'm like, yo, what's up with the music? And they're like, oh, well, I'm not doing that anymore. And I'm like, really? And so I notice that there's a disconnect of help. The one thing I always say is I got help. Every, t- every time I turn, there was some help. You know, Russell was daddy. Oh, you know this one. You need to know this it was, person. It was a, it was a, it was a tighter community. Yeah, everybody. But it was a smaller community. Yeah, so. It was smaller. Yeah, it was smaller. But but people helping. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it was it was before a a strong prevailing thought of I pay my dues. You got to pay your own. You know what I'm saying? Like people kind of understood where they were and they could pass it on. And so, um, yeah. So it's just that I I I, I think that there's a I think there's a lot of great music out there. I think there's a, probably a lot of great artists. But I think without, and I'm not saying I'm that guy, but I can be, um, without any kind of guidance, it's going to just kind of fall short. And your, your mission your mission statement is to create sustainable artistry. Yeah. I mean, I, I always say, why do it if you're not going to be the best? Right. I mean, you know, we just, like I said, we just did a show at Stet 
few months ago at Lady B's joint, we blew everybody out. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, what's the sense in doing it if you don't you're not, win? You're not gonna blow, yeah. You're gonna win. Now you also do a lot of public speaking. Um, yeah, I, 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 um, I started off with mostly a lot of tech stuff because I've been doing tech stuff in the last ten years. Now, now talk about you were mentioning something earlier off air about what do you do in the tech world? Well, I started off being just a straight up tech enthusiast. Had no idea how I'm gonna get in it, but I liked looking at it from the outside. But just to clarify, I'm not an old school IT guy. I didn't have an Atari computer. I'm not that guy. I'm the guy, the tech guy that came in after social media. So I'm a little after Friendster. I'm starting to figure it out. But what I will say to you to my benefits, like when I went to Universal to work, they didn't even have email. They had Lotus Notes. Huh. I made them put I lines in. I, I made them put lines in and they were saying, what is email? You know what I'm saying? Like I've been down that. And I, I began to start seeing once I downloaded, I downloaded my first MP3. Oh, I want to say 94. That's it, early, it may be, it's, it's pre-Napster, whatever it is. That's early. And, Yo, it so took you're all really night. An early adapter. Yeah, so it took it took all night. It, I will never forget it was Yarbrough and People's Down, Don't Stop the Music. But when I had it on my computer, I just lost my mind. I said, "This is a file. It's not a forty-five. It's not an eight-track. It's not a CD. This is a file." This is and so, what are we gonna do now? And so, I began so to start. You saw it? In yeah, 94. I began to start thinking about like just like what are we going to do next? What are we going to do next? So I've kind of been on that mission because nobody's answered the question. Did you see that was the impending doom of the music industry at the time? I, I don't think it's a doom. I, I really don't think it's a doom. I do think it's a weeding though. Right. And, 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 and so uh, I say often people look at the music business and let me say in particularly rap, that's what Chuck makes me say, make me stop saying music, right? People look at rap like it started here. And let's just say in, in concept there's an end mm -hmm. we're right here so it's a downward right downward we're right here right okay like so we're so early if there is an end we're really early we're adolescence you know what i'm saying and i don't you know and and so there's room i mean well, there's, I there's, in terms of the lifespan yeah there's the, just the, there's the, there's the just room but right. some of it has got to vet itself and then there's some other things like what i address with my new music in terms of you know, people got to shit or get off the pot. You know what I'm saying? Because you can't call yourself classic if you ain't making nothing. People want to complain about how we don't get seen as the Rolling Stones, but Mick Jagger put out an album last year. Right, 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 right. And Megadeth put out an album so, last so year. So why, why don't our legacy acts? I, that's that's the, I mean, the album I just put out. Well, the first album I put out, I got two now. Right. And I can put out an album a quarter this year. It's called Everybody But KRS, and I came up with it because I looked at it and said, Chris is the only one of my peers that I can't beat, but Everybody But KRS is fair game. I'll fuck all them up. Rock him, all of them. I Kane? Kane, right now. And I'm not battling off record. Right. I'm talking about records. Records. I'm not talking about no right. shit T-Rex and them do, because I can't do that. Right, right. Actually, one of my management team just called me and said, do you battle rap? Because he knows the guy that put together the Fredro thing and they want to. And I'm like, no. I said, if you want me ready by 2017, Keith, I can be Keith, ready. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? But I, I know. But records? Where are your records? I got I got some dope shit out right now. They can't touch me. I'm so far ahead that I don't know if they're ever going to touch me, but I'm trying to nudge them. Hmm. Because I know if I nudge them and they see what I'm doing, then maybe something can happen. But I, I get I get I get I get no pleasure out of any of my peers because they don't make shit. Right. 
And I don't want to listen to Warm It Up Kane again. Mm. Not me right. and nobody my age does. Right. You, hear new music? you know what I'm saying? I want to hear new music. And, 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 and the thing is, the bottom line is that we've got a, 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 we've got a hold on niche right now. You can basically pinpoint who your fan is. So why not? I mean, I just look, I'm staying. I uh, came in from Atlanta. I'm staying by D crib. I mixed three records at his house yesterday. It, it just all came in my bag. It's just my monitors and my my D.A.W. program. And I'm doing what I need to do. I can cut records there. If we if we hear now, what the hell are we doing? Right. Right, right. Ain't nobody waiting for nobody to shoot no videos. Or, or I'm shooting a video a week. Yeah. What are we doing? That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? My, my, and, and I'm talking about from our perspective. It's got nothing to do with young kids. Right. Leave Future the fuck alone. Leave Kendrick alone. Leave, leave alone. all of them. Leave them alone. Right. Let them do what they do. You know what I'm saying? But what are we doing? What, 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 I'm winding this down, man. But what is it about the bitterness with a lot of the pioneer rappers, man? I mean, I get it. I mean, I get that. Like, I, I interviewed um, Cool Herc mm -hmm. uh, last year. And he wasn't bitter as did much. Did you have to pay him $1,000? No, but what I did have to do was we had to drive up to New Rochelle and mm -hmm. pick him up, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. drive him down, and then I had to personally drive. And which was, But you know what? It was Herc. So yeah. regardless what regardless what it is, I'm going to do it. But the thing was he didn't understand the value of his name. I felt like. Like, yo, you're hurt. Well, I think it's you, two. You could celebrity DJ. I think it's both sides. I think it's both sides, right? And so this is why I say that they don't understand I'll give you the value of I'll give you because you're a celebrity DJ. I'll give you I'll give you the example. Right. Uh, Sincere Thompson years ago, um, after Paz made I Got a Man, mm -hmm. right? Sincere um um had me uh work with Paz. Right. And, okay. and and yeah, he had me work with Paz and he said, D, if there's anybody that could kind of pull Paz back to where this needs to be, you know what I mean? It's you. So I go out to L.A. with him and work with him and stuff like that. And I never forget this one thing that happened. This one thing that happened where I said so to Paz, I said, so when you do your promo run again this time and all that. And he looked at me and said, man, I got to do that again. And that was, and that's, that's, that, herein lies the point, right? There's a concept that their legacy, and so there's, their there's nothing else that longevity. I have to do. Right. There's nothing else that I have to, I mean, you two still putting out records, right. you know, whether they have to or not, it's a, it's a debatable but they, issue, they still but it. they're still doing it. So I think that that's what it is. Right. And cats get bitter because they got this work that they feel like didn't get appreciated. So they like or did like someone like a Melly Mel. Your, yeah, your yeah. work has been yeah. fully appreciated, but they don't want to even foray into as to whether or not there's something else left. Right. And I think that that's the most bullshit, lame excuse that anybody can get. If you're get. not still moving, if he's not bottom still line going, is that I'm, dead. I'm nicer now than I ever been. That's crazy. And I love the Stetson Sonic daddy. Right. But I will fucking toss him out a window. Yo, what you got right now? Let me hear what you got right now, man. You want me to rhyme? Yeah, let me let me hear a little something, man. I, I say, you know, I say a little rhyme. I say all the time, but it's the same rhyme. But it's nice. I took a pledge to forget about the rest of y'all. Though you shoot, no need to wear a vest for y'all. It's your life you be stopping. 
Might as well forget about the shit you be popping. Me ain't no stopping. I escape drama like Thelma and Louise mm. and knock down trees to get the cheese. Want to get a play? See me at the front of the class. Grade A student with a foot in your ass. Same spots you went, tried to blast, but you know you got to say the best for last. As for me... I be on some Brooklyn shit, calling shots and kicking it with Brooklyn chicks. Niggas want to know, but they don't read books. Call me out my name and give me dirty looks, but I'm stronger and better than the most of men. And I keep a Mac 11 for the most of men. The Brooklyn daddy, the O, not the cane. And I be driving rappers insane. Woo. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> D-Light, what you got for that, man? I don't have nothing, man. Really? <laughs> I ain't going to lie. I ain't got nothing. Yo, D-Light, what are you working on these days, man? Man, I work on I work on a 9 to 5 right now. Okay. Um, but what I'm um, getting ready to do, besides the, that's the Sonic thing, um, um, I'm getting ready to work on a solo career, sit down, concentrate on, Yo, I can't um, only imagine your ideas, man. Yo, on on rhyming because I got I got plenty of ideas, right? You know, so um, trust me, I'm, I'll be coming. I, I watch him. I'm learning from him, so right. still learning. Yeah, he learned from you, and now you're learning from him. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now talk <laughs> about- I got a TED talk. Okay, a new TED talk, and it's all about him. Really, I got. It's check all that about out. everything when, when, he taught me. When did me. you do that? Um, about a month ago. I gotta check two that out. Ago, I didn't know yeah. that. I gotta check that out, man. Yeah. You, we've been hinting and, and, and teasing, man. What's going on with Stetson, man? So we're making a record. Okay. Everybody, um, Paul, everybody? Everybody's in the okay. group, and then we'll probably have an addition. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so. What does a Stetson in 2016 sound like? I think it just sounds like a band. I, I mean, you know, we've always made, rec- you know, when D and I started this thing, we thought about it, and then we just looked at like War, Mandrill, mm-hmm. Earth, Wind, and Fire, Santana, like all these bands. And so I think in 2016, it's I'm not gonna say no different, but it's very similar to Santana making a new record. Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I think it sounds like a band. Yeah. It's, it's 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 a lot of fun. You know, it may be a little braggadocio there. Independent. But. Um, we'll think about it. Okay. That. And you know, um, the, the, uh, what, just to add to what he was saying, um, uh, the skies is, uh, is, is a limit. Right. You know what I'm saying? And the reason I'm talking about artistically. Yeah. Artistically. The reason why I say that is because as we were younger and learned from our predecessors, right. we now have more to actually learn from. That's dope. You know what I'm saying? And therefore, um, like I was uh, telling Daddy Yo the other day, I said, man, when you take a pebble, you drop it in a pond, what do you see? You see waves. Mm-hmm. You see the ripples. You see ripples. And them ripples go out. And that's what we did. So if we dropped boulders back then, mm. you know what I'm saying? And so the influence of those ripples are still there, you know, because, you know, it's like matter cannot be created nor destroyed. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So the ripples are still there. Yeah, that's deep. And so therefore, um, we'll be able to do what we need to do because we understand because we was there in the beginning mm-hmm. of the formula that we need to pull things together and make something um, different 
uh, still us, and people will begin to appreciate it on all levels. Yo, this is dope, man. Where where can the internet find y'all? Um, I'm Professor Daddy all over the internet. The light don't be on it. <laughs> you know, on the internet, but I'm, you know that's my next. Because um, you got the ripples in the universe. You know? <laughs> so he'll, he'll be he'll he'll be MC the light when yeah. we you know. But um, yeah, I'm Professor Daddy or one word all the way all the way through. Um, ArtDevClinic.com, TrueSchoolInt.com. That's the parent company for what we do. Now, gentlemen, man, I really got to thank y'all, man. This was this was perfect, man. Oh man, thank you, man. Um, anytime we get a chance to, you know, talk to somebody that'll listen, you know, a lot of people won't listen. They, a lot of people don't, don't yeah, listen, but yeah. you know, I got time, and, and I'm fortunate that that my audience listens, man. So, so I really appreciate this, man. <laughs> <laughs> Internet, dream those dreams and then man up and live those dreams, because a life without dreams is black and white, and the universe flows in technicolor and surround sound. Blow. Numenati. This episode of the Combat Jack Show was produced by Jonathan Menner, executive produced by A King and Chris Morrow engineered by Samir Karan and recorded in the Engine Room Audio Studio in downtown Manhattan. This is an official Loudspeakers Network's production. Yo, 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 Combat Jack Show. Yo, I love what y'all doing, man. I love all the episodes y'all do, man. Hey, man, damn all the hate. Yo, I'm trying to tell you, yeah, y'all joint number one. Word up. Yeah, keep on with that right there, fam. Word up. Keep bringing the hot dish y'all bring on, you know what I'm saying? Yo, matter of fact, yo, um, bring the dude Burt Bedell, um, Burt Bedell up there, matter of fact, you know what I'm saying? I want to check him out, the old accountant dude, you know what I'm saying? I heard a lot of talk about him, you know, a few other people, you know what I'm saying? And bring a few um, other people, like um, my man Kevin Childs from the Don Diva, you know what I'm saying? Other few people like that and them type of lights, you know what I'm saying? But keep on going with y'all got, though, you know? Love it.